BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Like the time I'm a little kid. Oh, this is the how many of you have this little secret desire, whenever you go visiting somebody, to look in the medicine cabinet? <laughs> Not only desire, you do. Come on, admit it, you know. Oh, that's a great moment, you know, you lock the door. You, know. you say, ah. And you open up, oh, it's a great one, you know, big, you know got a million bottles in, and it says take three a day and in case of a sudden spasm <laughs> and you wonder wonder what you know gee where's what then you take this one it says in case of frothing at the mouth take... <laughs> oh yeah you know we've all got this little secret thing about medicine cabinets <laughs> you know I'm a, I'm a kid you know and and at, at one time, Flick and Schwartz and Bruner, and myself. Now, how many of you, have, when you were kids, now, now I, I don't suppose this pertains to kids that live in the apartment world, but, but for guys who lived in the world where they have real houses, and, you know, there's grass around them, see, and trees and stuff, about every third or fourth block, there was a house that was empty. You know, people had moved out, and there was the word out that it was haunted. Did you have a haunted house when you were a kid, you know? And you'd walk past it like this one? Boy, you know? And it was always gray, and it had big windows. And once in a while, a little skinny lady would look out, say, Don't you hit any balls on my shirt! One more ball on the yard, and the police are coming! She disappears. There was always the rumor that she was a witch. And, you know, the whole bit. Well, we had about four of these houses. And one Saturday, Saturday is the day I think that almost everything happens to kids. One Saturday, Flick and Schwartz and Bruner and me were walking around. You know, we're kids. It's Saturday. You know that fantastic feeling? It's Saturday. Nothing. I've got to feel this myth. You and the public come. Nah, we're just kidding. You know, we're just being kids. You know, just walking around hitting each other and yelling and spitting. You know, just walking around looking for stuff. That's something girls don't do. Every male in this crowd has walked all through his life looking. You know, looking for great stuff, you know. And you'd be surprised how much you find, I'll tell you. 
You know, you, you said, what is that, see? I'll never forget the time I asked my mother. I took it home, you know. <laughs> Boy. <laughs> yeah, see, you're, you're, you'll have to explain that when you get outside. <laughs> Some people are born wearing girdles, you know. <laughs> so, you know, we're out there walking around. Incidentally, speaking of finding things, you never lose it. Once you have spent an early period of your life going up and down alleys every Saturday looking for junk, you never get that out of your head. No, you really don't. I remember one time up on 59th Street, that fantastic subway station, that has millions of people there, you know, and there are these little, you know, these garbage cans that help keep New York clean. What a joke. You know, and it's just help keep New York clean. And I'm standing there, and I walk past, and I look. You know, you got to pull yourself away. There was that great piece of junk. You know, that tar on it, I could see a transformer sticking out. A couple of knobs, you know. Gee, fantastic junk. See? You know, then I think, well, now, let's see. I've got a briefcase here. Standing there looking, you know, and I'm all dressed up. And I see another guy walk by, and this is the kind, you know, who wears a Chesterfield. He walks by, he's got silver hair, and I see him look. And the both of us are standing. And so help me God, this guy walks over. He looks around. He's got wires and junk, you know, cigar butts hanging out. He pulls it out, shakes it, and sticks it. He's an ex-junkie. <laughs> oh, yeah, we used to call each other junkies, and so we're out junking. It's Saturday morning, see, we're walking, we're walking around up and down the alleys, you know, kicking cans, yelling and hitting, you know. What's the why? It'll be a little game. You know those spontaneous games that break out? You kick a little stick, and Flick kicks a stick, and next thing you are kicking, yelling. All of a sudden, you got rules off the fence, hitting each other. No fair hit by the air, bang! And <laughs> Friends, that's the way wars start. <laughs> so we're, you know, we're walking around, we're you know, kicking stuff, and we are now behind the haunted house. We're kicking junk, you know. Flick kicks a stick inside the haunted house's yard, you know. Bang. There we are, see. Like spontaneous combustion. All four of us, without saying a word, decide today we're going to sneak in the haunted house. So walking around. And you know those kind of houses that have got basements? And they've got basement windows? And the window is sunk down inside? So walking around. Like says, here's a window that's open. Kicks it. Going, it swings open. Thirty seconds later, all four of us are in the basement at a haunted house. You know that great feeling of lawlessness? Oh, the devil has all the best lines. I'll tell you. 
until you're going to work down it. It's absolutely illegal, see. You know, there's signs all over say, keep out, stay out, no trespassing. Here we're in the basement, see. We see the furnace over there. You can smell that basement smell. Flick's looking around. There's an old tire hanging on the wall. Let's go upstairs. And so we start going upstairs. Up we go. We are now in the old kitchen. You can see papers all over the floor. A couple of busted cups. And there's those big cupboards hanging open. A couple of cans of soup. Now we're in the we're in the dining room. You can see the windows all shuttered and it's dark, smelly. And now we are in the bedroom. Some more papers, cloth, mice, bats. You can see the bats hanging up there. All excited. The next thing we are in the John. All four of us. We go to John, see? We want to see if the stuff worked, see? It did, by the way. So we're all standing around John. Here is this big medicine cabinet. A flick opens it. Four shelves of stuff. There it is, all in there. Little bottles with green pills. Yellow pills. White pills. There's a whole box of them that are flat. They look like chocolate. (laughs) Oh, that reminds me. What radio station is this? (laughs) You can see why it reminded me, didn't you? (laughs) W-O-R, and this is W-O-R-A-M, and what? And where are we? Oh, the Big Apple. All right. We ate from the top all the way down. <laughs> well, your kids got an awful drive to do this, you know. We ate all the way from the top down, and all of a sudden, just like that, Flick looks over at Schwartz. I look at Flick. Schwartz is looking at Bruner. All four of us are standing here. And it hit us instantaneously, all four. Have you ever had a fever and chill simultaneously? Have you ever had constipation and the other at the same time? I could feel knots or twisting and stuff was going... And I could hear things down inside of me going, ah, ah, whoo! It's like a fantastic whoopee party is down in there, you know, like... Things are running around with hats and yelling and... Dry heaves. 
when absolutely nothing happens. There's just a lot of action, you know. And it kept going, woo, woo. It was coming out of my ears, whistling, Schwartz is crying. Flick is crying, and all four of us are down in the basement climbing up the wall. And we split down the alleys. You know, there's a fantastic urge when you're mortally wounded to head for home. If you're going to die, you want to die on your own daybed. <laughs> oh, I come running up the front porch. I remember that running up. You know, ah, ah, I can't get the door open. Ah! You know that awful moment the door is closed. You can't get open. Ah, ah, ah. And I hear in there, come around the back. I just scrub. Ah, ah, ah. driveway and on the hill is going up higher and higher. I'm in the back now, up through the kitchen. My mother opens the door. She what's the matter with you? I had Mrs. Flickinger's week over. I couldn't tell her what I've been doing, you know. And she takes me into the jar and hangs me over the sink. And it just kept coming. Well, my mother has a trick. It's, it, it could be called in boxing parlance a kidney punch. She times it. Because, oh, one, two, three, oh, wow. She just times it. And boom, out they came. Talk about tootie, fruity, red, white, and blue. <laughs> and what was worse, the sink was hissing, you know. <laughs> you could see the metal was melting, you know. <laughs> well, you know, I started out a nine-year-old kid. Well, stuff came out of me that I must have eaten when I was five. So help me God, I was hitting Pamela. I mean, three Eskimo pie sticks were coming. Rubber balls and jacks and nails and tacks. And a pair of pliers comes out. Oh. Oh, man. Are you, any of you eating here? <laughs> Just suddenly hit me, you know. I can see one cynical face over there. It's a doctor. <laughs> well, I'm telling you, she takes me in. You know that awful feeling, you know. I am now two and a half feet tall. I've lost a foot and a half. And she lays me on the daybed, and I'm laying there just a sweat pouring out. It's just pouring out of me. And every once in a while, another one, you're, ooh, it's tapering off. 
I'm laying there. My mother says, all right now. Tell me what you've been eating. I told you not to spend that whole quarter on taffy apples. Said, yeah, yeah, yeah. I had five taffy apples. Taffy apples. Baby apples. Apples. And you know that for years, this is in, this is by light of a confession. For years, my mother had a thing in her head from that moment on. The taffy apples are deadly. <laughs> and you know, to this day, she thinks it was taffy apples. And once in a while, you know, when I go home, my mother says, you had any taffy apples lately? I said, no, Ma. Because there was a there was little ironclad rule in our house. Don't touch anything in the medicine cabinet. And for that reason, there was a fantastic drive to not only touch everything, but to swallow everything. Oh, by the way, you know that stuff that, that they say is like chocolate? And they say it works slow and easy? Well, I don't know whether you've ever done away with a half a box. Very exciting evenings, I'll tell you. Well, you know, when, when you're a kid, though, when you're a kid, you, you approach things with a very different view than when you're a grown-up. You kind of accept disaster. Like one time, you want to hear another house story? This is very, you know, this, this house thing is very close to our hearts. How many of you have ever lived in a neighborhood where they build houses? And, you know, all of a sudden, the vacant lot, they've got a big sign that says, For Sale. And you've been playing ball there. You know, kicking tin cans around, fist fighting in this vacant lot. And one day there's about 45 guys with a bulldozer. And they're leveling it off. And they're building a new house. It's very exciting. Kids today don't see this who live in apartments. The excitement of seeing a new house. And they bring barrels. You remember the barrels full of the nails? And there's all that great wood. All that great tar paper is all piled up. Oh, you know, all that stuff that when you're a kid, you, you know, really is great stuff. They got tar paper and wood, and they got nails. They got big barrels of paint. And every day, Flick and Schwartz and Bruner and me are walking past the new house. We've watched these guys. How many of you remember the sound when you were a kid of hammers in the distance? Guys building a house. You hear this point, 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 point. Then you're ow, 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 point, 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 point. Have you ever watched a really great carpenter work with the nails? You know, point, 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 point. Have you tried it? You think it'll take talent, man? I'll tell you. That's why I got four fat thumbs. So we were building a cave. Now the cave. Incidentally, I've often wondered whether any good psychologist has ever done a monograph on the cave building urge 
among males. I never heard of a chick build a cave. And yet every male has an insensate desire at about the age of nine to burrow in. Dig a hole, you know. <laughs> yeah, dig a hole. What rotten people. Dig a hole, you know, and put, put stuff over the top of it and then sit in it. You just sit in darkness, you know. <laughs> You smell the earth, you know, and all the chicks are up there on the outside playing house and stuff. I think it, I think it directly relates to the, you know, many people feel, many psychologists feel that man, men are much closer to the primal state than women. I mean, they're closer, to, you know, that slope brow. Well, you can tell it. You walk down the street, you see a lot of Neanderthal men. You don't see many Neanderthal women. Oh, you see a lot of guys walking down. All he needs is a bone in his hand, you know. He spits and yells. Well, I think that is part of the cave-building urge. So me and Flick and Schwartz and Broner, we are building a cave. Now, by the way, we come from extremely law-abiding families. You know, when you hear about juvenile delinquency, you read about it in the paper. I wonder how many guys read about juvenile delinquency. You know, they read this. Hey, we come from extremely law-abiding families. You know, when you hear about juvenile delinquency, you read about it in the paper. I wonder how many guys read about juvenile delinquency. You know, they read this piece, and it says, Sex Orgy. Busted up in Watanabe High School. Forty-seven 15-year-old students were nabbed in dragnet. And you read this, and you say, what a terrible thing. Isn't that awful? And what you're really saying is, oh. Oh, I missed out again. Oh, gee whiz. Born ten years too soon. Oh, man, when I went to school, it's, you know, an idea of a sex orgy was to sit there and play post office, you know, with a bottle you'd spin or something. And so Flick and Schwartz and Bruner, I come from that, you know, we've never done anything wrong, really, until that day came when they were building the house. Every day we'd come home from school to see We'd stand and watch them. We'd see all those great nails, all that great wood, all the tar paper we'd walk on. And one day, one guy had a say. It was Schwartz. I'll never forget, there's always one crook. There's always one guy that cheats on his income tax, one guy, and he bugs all the rest. Oh, yeah, there's always one guy in the office who knows somebody who knows where they steal Mustangs. <laughs> and he gets a move for $4. There's always one guy, you know, there's always one guy who knows where any hour of the day and night you can see stag films. 
the real thing. See, incidentally, have you ever thought what a great thing it would be to post on television? Yeah, I've got an idea. How many of you would like, how, how would you like to make a little dough? All you interested in some money here? I am trying to raise dough. Are you aware that off the coast of England right now, tonight, there is an unlicensed radio station? It's on a boat just outside the international limits. There's no rules, see? And they sit out there and they play rock and roll, do commercials. And the BBC is bugged. Can't do anything about it. Everybody's listening. There's one off the coast of, of Denmark. There's one off Sweden. There's one now sitting off the coast of Italy. It has not yet hit America. But this is a television country. I've got an idea, friends. I know where I can get a cheap liberty ship. I got my connections. And I know where I can get a hold of a good second-hand TV transmitter. I propose that we lay about 15 miles off Babylon, Long Island. And we go on Channel 6 with art films. Can you imagine? They can't touch you, you know? Man, would you... I'll tell you instantly, can you imagine what that would do to the Late Late Show? And you'd have to get somebody very official, you see, and you'd have to say, tonight's art program. And you get somebody like the New York Times reviewer to introduce them. And I, can you imagine what kind of commercials we could put on? Well, there's a lot of stuff that's sold you don't hear about, you know. Well, all right, we've all got this little basic thing inside of us, see. <laughs> Well, you know, it's funny about that business. I wonder how many people would not watch. <laughs> Can you imagine the guys? That how could you help but turn on Channel 6 now? That I <laughs> you know, that's like, like the other day I read a piece in the paper about this, this reverend. Now, don't call me up and tell me I am being sacrilegious. There was this guy up in Canada. He's a reverend, see? And they found in his apartment... 27,000 volumes of the wildest stuff in the world. He had 400 great films. And when they asked him what he was doing with it, he says, well, you've got to know what you're talking about. <laughs> he was just investigating evil, you know. Well, I have an idea. A lot of people would look at Channel 6 to get mad in a pig's ear. Well, so there we are, you know, we're very law-abiding kids, and we're walking past this place every day. And, and this, incidentally, is my first and most spectacular foray into the underworld. Well, we got to the point one day where Flick and Schwartz and Bruner and me are standing there. It's been raining, see, and the carpenters have knocked off. A couple of barrels of nails, a lot of two-by-fours. Even the word two-by-four itself is exciting. How many men get excited when I say two-by-fours, men? A lot of great two-by-fours out there. 
How about some ten-penny nails here? Yeah, you know, some great angle irons out there, man. So we're both, you know, me and Schwann over here by the nails and Flick and Bruner over here looking at the tar paper. And Schwartz says, I wonder if they'd care if I took a handful of nails. Oh, that's a great feeling. That's a nail feeling to have a handful of brand new ten-penny nails. You can smell the oil on them, you know. They smell like metal. He sticks them in his pocket. I sneak over, take a handful in my pocket. They're sticking out. The nails are all sticking out like a porcupine, you know. Walking down the street. Flick's got a half a dozen shingles. <laughs> Behind us, along comes Bruner. He's dragging a two-by-four. Well, 20 minutes later, we are working on our cave. See, we're cutting up the two-by-four. We're laying it across over here. We're nailing down with the, you know, on the top of this thing like that. Well, you know, it, you know I'm going to tell you, friends, one of the worst things about crime is habit-forming. <laughs> and not only is it habit-forming, the more you do it, the less it seems like a crime. And then if you do it a little more, you begin to feel like it's your right. <laughs> then the next step is that this stuff belongs to you. And they got no right to be using it, Hammond. <laughs> I'm serious, that's exactly what happens in crime. <laughs> oh, yeah, so the first day, you know, we were a little worried, see. We're hanging up there. We're a little worried, see. We don't want to talk much about this. So after we work on our cave, the four of us go home, and I'm sitting there at home, eating my meatloaf, the red cabbage. I'm a sinner, you know. There's a sinner now. There's an adder in the midst, a crook. I'm eating my cabbage. I feel kind of funny, you know. My old man says, what's new today? I can't say I've been stealing nails. Today I have strayed from the straight and narrow, and I'm a crook now. I've discovered my, what I'm going to do when I grow up. I'm going to be a crook. You don't say these things, see, so I'm sitting there. So I'm nothing, working on a cave. He says, okay. He's reading the paper. My mother's walking around with the mashed potatoes. The next day, 3 o'clock, Flick and Schwartz and Bruner and Shepard are coming home from school. But we ain't walking anymore. We're skulking. We can hardly wait to get down there where these guys are working, see. We're standing around. They're working now, you know. And then all of a sudden the guy says, All right, let's take ten. Let's go over to the Bluebird. Off they go to the tavern immediately. Down the street we go, two by four, a couple of dozen shingles, and we're working like mad. Each day it got worse. Until finally, Flick decided we were inefficient. He says, why don't we just take the barrel? Oh, it's terrible. And so that night when I am out ostensibly playing kick the can, 
You know, I'm out there kicking a can out. Hey, holy, holy ocean free. I'm a shill, see. The other three guys have got a wheelbarrow, and they're down there. I'm out in the front of the house kicking a can. Holy ocean free, red, white, blah, blah. I'm phonying it up, see, so that all the mothers think we're playing. And Flick's got a barrel full of nails, the whole thing. Well, we were storing it in our cave. Until finally we had enough to build a 30-room house. You know, because you can't stop, you know. Schwartz stole the John. They had it in a case. They said, look at that's great. We can use it in a cave, you know. <laughs> we didn't know it had pipes hooked to it or anything. And we actually did, you know. So we had this stuff in our cave. It was loaded right to the top. We had angle irons and pipes. We had BX. You know, the stuff you put the wire through. We had the whole, we had doorbells, the whole thing. And the house is getting littler down there. <laughs> Well, let me tell you what the final moment was. You know, that's the trouble with man. That's what worries me about our international system, everything. We've got to take that one insane step. All of our life, all of us in our private lives, secretly, we've got to take that one little step. Well, now we're cool, see. We've got a whole cave full of shingles, tar paper, two-by-fours, nails. We've even got a basement sink. Got it all down there, faucets. And we keep making the cave bigger. Put more stuff in it, you know. And we cover it up every night. How many of you have ever done this? We cover it up every night with newspapers and then put dirt all of them. Any of you ever make a trap where you dig a hole about four feet deep and you cover it with a newspaper, and you put grass all over it, and then you forget it. And about three o'clock in the morning, you're and you run out to see what you trapped, and you look through there, and you can see Mrs. Bruner's head. didn't work on Saturday, see. I mean, they had a big union. And so we go down there, and they had been taking the barrels away. Obviously, they were hit to, you know, somebody stealing the stuff, so there's no barrels anymore. They put all the two-by-fours away. And all that was standing there was the framework of the house. <laughs> Do I have to paint the picture? Well, we look at the framework, you know, and there's a couple of great big four-by-fours, you know, standing. big ones, you know, they're all standing up there. The next thing that happens, 
Schwartz and Flick and Bruner and me are swinging like monkeys. We're up there in the attic and we're pulling boards off. We've got a claw hammer. We're just taking a house down. You know, it's our... After all, it's our house, you know. So we got the hammer, you know, we've got the wood and stuff. We're carrying it down. And I, I'll never forget this instant. I am standing on a big two-by-four seat. And I'm pulling another one down. I'm a, about a story and a half off the ground. You know, there's just nothing but air beneath me. And I see Schwartz way over here, and Schwartz is pulling shingles off. And down here, I see Flick. He's sawing the main beam. Well, he's down there cutting away, and it started to lean. And it's leaning a little bit. And I'm pulling my board, and Schwartz is pulling his and Flick. When all of a sudden, it must have come out of an alley. All of a sudden, instantly, there is a car. It just goes, whoo! And out of the car jumps these two guys. They jump out, and the guys, hey, you kids, get down out there. Hey, hey, Charlie, call the cops, quick. <laughs> he said, quick, get the cops, I'll keep them up there. All right, you guys, all right, get out. He's running around. The other guy goes down the street, and all of a sudden we can hear, Have you ever heard those sirens coming for you? You know, you hear sirens every day of your life, but have you ever thought to realize there's a guy at the other end? Well, I am hanging on it, and I can hear, Woo! <laughs> Well, I swing down, and I flew through the air. You know that fantastic moment of desperation. I fly down, flew right through the air. I got the board, see? Talk about Batman. I, ju I just remember the scene. I go flying down. I land in the dirt, and I hit my head. I see Flick land next to me. Schwartz is already going over the horizon. Bruder is going the other direction, and we take off. Well, how many of you have seen those old cartoons? You know, you see the guys going up over the hillside, you know, and they disappear. They say, I am running. I, I'm not touching the ground. I've got the board. <laughs> Flick is dragging that four by four. <laughs> and you see behind Schwartz a long trail of shingles, you know. <laughs> and nails all. And, and this guy keeps hollering, hey, are you kids? And he can't chase all of us at once, and I'm running and running and running and running. And now I'm all by myself running. I'm way off in the other end of town. I'm four miles from home. I'm running down an alley with my boy. I can hear sirens. And I sit under a porch. I'm under a foreign porch. I'm sitting there with my board. And I could smell the dirt, you know, under the porch, and they got eight cats. And they're all walking around me, you know. Oh, I'm scared. And I hear walking on the porch, you know, above. Boom, boom, boom. Boom, boom, boom. 
sights. Then boom, 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 boom. <laughs> then I hear the door slam. I start to crawl out. The boom, 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 boom. Oh, my God. And you know, it's funny. In those days, there was a very popular radio show called the FBI. In peace and war. Do you remember how it used to start? Speaking of trivia, do you remember it? It went bum, 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 bum. And then there would be a pause, see? And the voice would say, the FBI, in peace and war. Bum, 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 brought to you by... L-A-V-A, L-A-V-A, bum, bum, bum. Then there would be another pause, and then you would hear, ah, the sound of a machine gun. And then that voice would say, and another criminal has learned that crime does not pay. Tonight's adventure, the Purple Heart and the evil dragon gang of Detroit, bum, bum, laying it. And I can hear those marching footsteps. And I can hear L-A-V-A, L-A-V-A. And I can hear the sound of a machine gun. And ever since that day, whenever I see a cop car, I go all sick inside of me. Because I'm still a haunted fugitive. They never got me. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.